so freaking hot out there. I don't want to melt. You're melting my heart, Tracy. Podcast time, baby. Outside it's hot, but inside we're staying. Going just deep enough. Cool, Josh and Tracy. Because we're so cool. It's our cool theme song. It's our cool, cool, cool theme song to cool you off. Because it's hot. Hello there, dear listeners. And... Tracy, who is right next to me. This is Josh. Hi, Josh. Hi, Tracy. Here you are with Just Deep Enough. Josh and Tracy are talking again about important, fascinating stuff that at least a dozen people possibly will listen to someday. Yeah, and it's also probably good for ASMR interests and um, sleeping. I was thinking, you know, if I were um, not a person participating in this podcast, I might also use it for, you know, helping mm-hmm. me sleep. Because I like, because I like talk, I like, listen, I like to listen to Too mm-hmm. Beautiful to Live. And it would mm-hmm. help me sleep, I think, too, because they're, they're mm-hmm. nice to each other on there. Yes. And I think when people are nice to each other and they're talking to each other, that's pleasant. Who's nice to each other? The people on the Too Beautiful to Live podcast. Oh, I've never heard of them. They're pretty good. Hmm. Okay. Um... So, Tracy, what are we're going to talk about um one of our popular podcasts since we're all about being popular is um <laughs> is was the one about relationships in midlife. So, I thought we would return to that not necessarily because it was popular, but more that it was something that sparked interest among others and it's it's kind of what we're doing. We're in a relationship and we're talking. So we can talk about the relationship, and it just makes it easier to talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, things are popular if they in, in podcast land because of the fact that they are sparking interest. So mm-hmm. it's really not two different things. It's not yeah. the same as trying to get our podcast um, nominated for um, Homecoming Queen. Mm. Yeah. Because that we don't have a shot at that. Let's be honest. Well. My um, uh, 50, no, wait, doing math, 30-year high school reunion is this summer. Mm-hmm. Speaking of prom queens and homecoming kings and all those kind of royalties. Mm-hmm. It's like, where will you and I be in 30 years? From now? From now. Not 30 years from 30 years ago? Because 30 years from 30 years ago, we're right here. Yeah, I know. But I'm thinking we can use this idea that I just had from talking about popularity and homecoming kings and queens to my remembering of a high school reunion from 30 years ago to wondering where 30 years from now we will be and then thinking, like, what happens between now and 30 years from now? Right. Right. So... Not like world events kind of things. Oh, happen. you're not asking me to do a Nostradamus thing. No, no prophecies. Good, because I, I, some of those poems are just like completely, just ridiculous. No, we're we're trying to figure out here, um, what are the likely 
and desired aspects of our relationship as time unfolds. As time unfolds. Mm-hmm. So are the days of our lives. What instrument is that? Um, it was my mouth. It's mm. <laughs> 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 a, a woodwind instrument. Mm, I think it was a. I think it was a. Uh, uh, I don't know. I think it was a hurdy gurdy. Mm. We were listening to hurdy gurdy music the other night. I know. I said, "Hey, let's listen to hurdy gurdy music." We had Echo do it. Mm-hmm. We did. Do you think that within five years, Echoes and Alexas will have... You just turned it on? I know. She's over there. He's over there. It's over there. What was I going to say? Oh, I was trying to choose an interval ahead in time as... Cause this, is this a sci-fi thing? No, this is this is like solidifying relationship um, ideals through envisioning joint futures. Okay. It's very non Joint futures? Is that like when marijuana is legal in all the states? Joint futures? Yeah. <laughs> or I is think... that, or is joint futures the stock market for publicly traded marijuana? Hmm. I think it is the one... Um, no, I'm with you here. I'm just having a hard time, like, really keeping the rhythm going here. Because um, I'm being a smarty pants and, and being punny. You are. I'm sorry. Well, this weekend there's a um, a pun slam at the... I don't get how that works. I don't either, but one of my coworkers is going to it. Oh, really? I know some people are going yeah. to it also. Should mm-hmm. we go? Well, no, we can't this weekend. No. Okay. So, all right. So, where do you want to be in five years with me? Joshi, mm. five years from now, where where what mm-hmm. is our life in? Like, if you imagine it, what's our life in five years? I think we're happy together in five years. I think I can safely make that assertion. Um, there's all these other things, though, that what would contribute to that happiness? Of course, the things that come to mind are like, where where are we living? Um, what about, I don't know, our, our various family members? What is our work like? You know, thinking about the future is different for me. I don't plan a whole lot. I mean, our last episode, we talked about planning. And I think partly I wanted to talk about it as a kind of a way of practicing it. Um, why do, Are you willing to talk about, why do you think planning is something that you... Don't do. I think that sometimes it has to do with um, fear of failure. Like if I make a plan and it doesn't work out, I'll feel bad or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that since I'm pretty comfortable with the way things are now, maybe even if I make a plan, I'll feel like I'll mess it up, you know? You'll mess up now if you have a plan? For for later, yeah. Oh. 
I mean, I'm just answering off the cuff, trying not to think too too much about it here. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting, though. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was listening to that Elizabeth Warren book where she talked a lot about her plans for political sort of ideas for getting elected and for helping the United States, it sort of sparked my interest in the future a little more clearly because I started to think about it less as a personal goal and more as something that contributes to a better society. Mm, Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that being said, Mm. I think five years from now, what I would like to see us is to have us contribute to a better society together, you know, Mm. so that part of our happiness has to do with um, a meaningful integration into the community. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing about my previous marriage that happened was that I didn't necessarily feel like part of the community. I felt very insulated, you know, work and then home. But there wasn't a a real sense of involvement in the community, you know? Mm -hmm. And... I think in five years, you you and I, in some way or another, will kind of contribute to... Well, don't you think... I mean, honestly, Josh, you already contribute to society quite a bit. I do? Yeah. With your work Mm -hmm. and with your recovery dharma stuff Mm -hmm. and um, with... um, I mean, those are two major things that influence and help people make a difference for people. Mm-hmm. So what it when you say and so what do you feel like? Um, what what does that look like to you? The contributing or mm-hmm. integrating into. Um, well, believe it or not, in some ways it relates to um, an element of no- notoriety. Notoriety or fame. People always use notoriety as meaning like a positive, but it comes from the word notorious, Mm -hmm. which means well known for something bad. Mm -hmm. So do you mean more fame? Um, I think there might be a little bit of bad in it. Um, I like the idea of having fame through some level of um, beneficial disruption. And you, mm. you're, you're a, what I call a wholesome disruptor is one of your, <laughs> your skills. Um, that, that's a good compliment. Isn't it? You're a really good complimenter. Uh-huh. Wholesome disruptor. Can I have mm-hmm. a t-shirt that says that? <laughs> so, um, and this is just coming out as we go. Yeah. Well, so, that's how we do. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be um just, what do you want to disrupt josh uh i have a, a variety of things that that i'd like to disrupt um one thing i'd like to disrupt is um the dance community i would like to see more people because we do our dancing i would like to see more people being willing to dance both roles 
you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, less, less, like, sort of heteronormative expectations generally. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, and dance is a great place, too, mm-hmm. to do that. Well, yeah, I think that's, like, a be the change thing. Mm-hmm. And also... I'd like to be somewhat disruptive in the field of community mental health. You've even said um, a couple of times that you've fantasized about having a a hospital where they did actual therapy, or you have some kind of side vision in your mind about a better system, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. And I know it's self-defeating to think this way, but sometimes I think, oh, I'm too old, and I don't know how to fundraise, and... Mm-hmm. Blah dee dee blah dee dee blah. Because mm-hmm. that would be expensive. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, that is one of the things that I see us just five years from now. I think we might still be living here in five years. I think. In Boise? Uh, um, even in this house, we might, you know. Hmm. Possibly, uh, yeah. Possibly. I would put it at 50-50 right now, really. Mm-hmm. I'd, I wouldn't mind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> it's weird to start... One thing about it, it's weird to start... It's not really weird, but it... It feels sometimes a little weird to start a brand new relationship in middle life, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not like... Because so much of life is already like, like a lot of the mystery of what's going to happen when I grow up, mm-hmm. a lot of it's kind of been happened already, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it's, it's like, um, it's like starting from scratch. I feel a little tender tonight. I'm feeling a little bit like I might mm-hmm. get a little bit clamped or something. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so here's a. A thought about um, our midlife relationship starting is that we have had a relationship all throughout our lives you and I have it just so happens that our physical in each other's presence relationship has started in midlife you feel like we've always been together in this whole life is that what you're saying I do. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah. Tell me about that. Um, okay. Um, I wish there was something a little more mystical and deep about it, but we both... <laughs> oh, you give me a funny look. Look, I'm going to tell you about it. I mean, we both have shared some of the space in Boise, you know? Mm-hmm. So we have a, I don't know, as far as the city goes we have that we Mm -hmm. were living here at the same time Mm -hmm. our paths probably might have might have crossed might have crossed okay we might have gotten coffee Mm -hmm. at the same coffee spot at some point yeah um i won't belabor the point no 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 go ahead go ahead it's not belabored but i'm yeah i was disappointed that it wasn't going to be more mystical i I had a feeling you might (laughs) i love i love a good mystical thing it it boils down to we have both been alive on this world for the same for at least well at least my life you you know you're around here on the earth a few years before me <laughs> I um, got a head start yeah and so <laughs> our relationship existed 
this this is one thing where I I am a little bit mystical. It's like I believe I am in a relationship with everyone, mm-hmm. like all the way back to the beginning of time and before it. Ooh, in, I love that. Okay, innumerable kalpas, innumerable innumerable something kalpas. Isn't yeah. there innumerable? Oh, there's this other word that just makes it even bigger. Like innumerable something kalpas. kalpas. It's a Buddhist term for all you listeners out there. That means long, like a long time. You think that forty days and forty nights, something? Nah, I'm telling you, the yeah. innumerable something kalpas. Like multiple big bangs, okay? Exactly. <laughs> like bang bang. Like if a song, if each beat in a song was a big bang, a kalpa would be like a song or something. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe a song is like a is a, is innumerable kalpas. Okay, I'm yeah. looking it up to find that middle word. Keep going though. Keep going. Okay. Anyway, so the mystical part is being about in the relationship with with everyone. Now it just so happens that our particular relationship got all the way to this very unique point of us being in each other's presence for a significant amount of time. Um, insignificant considering all the time that ever was and exists, but very significant considering all of the chances for us not to be together. Mm-hmm. So, um, so incredible odds that you and I are here when so many other things could have happened. Um, that's just a perspective I have. Yeah, okay. So we've been together this whole time in one way or another upon the earth and mm-hmm. in and in the cells in the same great mind perhaps. Yeah. So that be and then we're physically together now. And all of our efforts up till now have been preparing for us to be together, you know. That's even not a stretch in some ways. Oh, I don't yeah, I agree. You, you know. So um, so our midlife relationship that is initiating after we've lived a fair amount of lives without being in each other's presence just happens to be um, an especially enjoyable feature of this particular relationship that that I have with someone, that you have with me. Um do you feel like you're in relationship to all people throughout all time, forward and back, and all dimensions around the multiverse? You know, I I don't think I think about it in terms of all into the past and the future. Uh-huh. That's maybe not something I have. I mean, in theory, yes, but in terms of sensation, mm-hmm. I haven't thought about it in those directions. Oh. So it's not that it isn't true, Yeah. especially since time is an illusion, yeah. right? But I think um, you might have a more four-dimensional chess vibe on that, you know, um, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, um, I definitely have a sensation of connection to all the people that I are, like all of the beings in existence, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't, I hadn't think it, maybe, maybe... But I don't really necessarily think about it in terms of past and future. But now mm-hmm. I will. Now I will cultivate a, a sensation mm-hmm. about that, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth doing. Um, being a 
devotee, you being, is that the right way to say it, devotee of like a, a Lotus Sutra spiritual tradition, right? Okay, yeah, Lotus sure. Sutra centric. I mean, mm-hmm. I was listening to it for a couple of nights. I just randomly decided that my fall asleep sounds would be that reading of the Lotus Sutra. Mm-hmm. And it's such a like space and time all encompassing sort of riff. It is. You know, it's, it's really mathy. <laughs> yeah. In a way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, I do. Yeah. Um, so bring it back a little bit here because the the underlying theme you think we're distracting each other from some uh more concrete things about the future in order because that because we're both uncomfortable with thinking about the practicality of uh-huh yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah. we're going oh lifespan yes. all beings yes yes i do that's exactly what i think um and i think that discomfort is a good thing too i mean it it represents how um the concrete things are somewhat unwieldy you know because they they bring about all the challenges that come into the um cooperative efforts i don't think they're unwieldy i think they're very wieldy (laughs) yeah in that but they're avoid we avoid them because in it's like we can't fail at theories and esoteric concept right but we Mm -hmm. could fail it we could feel if we believed we were in you know Mm -hmm. fear of failure Mm -hmm. we could fail at practical things that are measurable Mm -hmm. right you know it's like immeasurable kalpas right well there Mm -hmm. you go you can't measure them (laughs) because but uh, in the sense of like Mm -hmm. you and me and you know Mm -hmm. figuring out but but i think so it comes down to like so I think the beginning point of like any plan or goal, right, mm-hmm. is like, what does failure mean, and what's so big? What's such a big mm-hmm. deal about it? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like I think I think to move forward, it's like a good way mm-hmm. is to be cultivate a certain fearlessness about again against the mm-hmm. fear, like to let go of the fear of failure as much as possible, since. Mm-hmm. So what? Like, fail what? Mm-hmm. They say that um, people at the end of their lives don't regret what they did. They regret what they didn't do. Mm. So is the lesson there to do more or just to know this is what you're going to regret when you die? And then how afraid you are, I guess. Because, you know, I know there's things that I'm not going to do. Um, like what? I mean, in the category of things that you would want to do, I mean. Oh. Like, yeah, there's some things I'm not going to do. I'm not going to commit any crimes mm-hmm. on purpose anyway. If I commit any crimes, it will be purely oh. by accident. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's some things I'm not going to do because I don't want to do them. Yeah. But I'm ta- in terms of things, things that, that you do want to do, do are there things do. that you're not going to do? Yeah. yeah. Well... I guess I could throw some unlikely things out there, um, but I do I do want to. I mean, you pointed out the how we ran with theoretical things when the initial um, discussion had to do with just looking at five years. <laughs> like we both panic and start talking about innumerable culpas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's some crazy crap right there. 
It's okay. No, it's totally fine. But it's funny. It is funny. We're Can't laughing. Do- we laughed. That's, <laughs> that's That makes it... That em- makes it funny? I thought it was... If it's, I think it's funny you laugh, or if do you laugh, or is it funny because you laugh? Hmm. Okay, let's see. We're doing it again. We're distracted. Mm-hmm. For senor and senorita, senor and senor and senora, distracto. Distracto mundo. Um, well, I think I I nailed down the five years from now we are happy, we are um, wholesome disruptors. Um, we have some increased level of integration into the community in a meaningful way that occurs in some joint effort including legalization (laughs) (laughs) this is going to make us sound like i know exactly which we're not we're not like big like yeah for real so i'm just a punstress mm mm-hmm All right, so I said those things. That's... Well, okay. So if we are happy in the future, why are we happy? Five years from now, we are mm-hmm. happy. Why? We will continue some of what we're doing right now that makes us happy. It's mm-hmm. one reason. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason is that um, we just... I feel are in circumstances that are really advantageous um, in terms of having relatively stable jobs that are going to be around. I mean, they're likely to be around. Oh, yeah. You know? Um, So that fundamental, you know, material needs are going to be met. We won't necessarily have that crisis. Well, yeah. But we'll be but that when we get old, like what if it just gets too we become too old to work? Hmm. Well, the too old to work thing, um, it, it might be good to talk about. Because, like, yeah. in five years, I'm going to be 60. Mm-hmm. I think you could continue doing your work. From what I know about you, you could. And I also know about other counselors who are skilled counselors. They they continue for a long time, you know, and can really be provide an incredibly valuable service. You know, it's so. I, yeah, that's true. I'm not digging ditches. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also me in in my work in a in a mental hospital with the you know, acute individuals, it will continuously, there will need to be some variety of of refuge for these mental health canaries of our society, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, okay. Fair, fair, fair. I just, yeah, I worry about stuff sometimes, about getting older. I never, I mean, it's funny because I didn't, I don't know. Now that I I think I could probably live a long time, it makes me worry about mm-hmm. getting older. But but I do. But but in terms of, there's no reason to think that you and I wouldn't continue to be happy because we're very happy together now. Mm-hmm. No. 
let's go ahead and pause right at this moment as the episode break point. Okay. Okay. It continues. We continue at this point. Yes. This 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 app Anchor it does thirty minute sections. This is for you, the listener. Anchor <laughs> is the listener. <laughs> So we take a break at about 30 minutes and then start again. So it again. doesn't just stop. Yeah. How did you learn that, Tracy, that the it just hard stops? Way. The hard way. You know what's kind of nice about having a, a smart girlfriend is um, there in some ways I don't have to learn the hard way because I benefit from your from your lessons. <laughs> well, you that's the best way, isn't uh-huh. it? Like yeah. I don't want to have to learn every bad every every problem. The hard way. Yeah, I've learned a, I feel like I've learned a lot of things the hard way. Hmm. But not everything. Do you think that might be one of the reasons we were talking before the break about long-term happiness together? Do you feel like some of that capacity for long-term happiness comes from the accumulation of things that we've individually learned thus far in our lives? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, at another time in both of our lives, we might not have chosen each other. True. Although, I tell you, I still think that you were this probably really attractive like new wave girl at the coffee clutch that was too old for me and I was in there <laughs> and saw you and you were all intriguing and you didn't notice me I was beneath your notice and <laughs> <laughs> and I think it well I definitely wasn't like shooting for younger guys back no. in the day like not no. eight years younger anyway no no but it could have happened why was I saying that because you were fantasizing about how cute I was back in the old oh, days. Oh yes. Um, we were talking. Oh, the things that we've learned. Oh, and because in the olden days, not only were we in different places in our lives, but if you go far enough back, there's the age difference becomes more significant. And as we get older, the age difference becomes less and less significant. Yeah, and I don't. And it's the cliche, you know. But I often. It doesn't, it often strikes me as funny that I'm as old as I am. Hmm. You know, I don't, it's like, not that it's an old, not that I'm old. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is that, you know, I, I don't feel, I sometimes, especially in a new relationship with you, I sometimes for, forget that I'm not like 20 or something. Mm. Well, there is a... Um, a youthful sensation that sometimes comes with being in love. Um, there's also occasionally some of the sensations of our love feel very old for me. You know, it's it's another reason why I can envision us um, in the distant future is because there are some feelings about our connection to me that, that feel old, you know, in terms of like a ancient love archetype kind of old, you know, yeah. that kind of, you know, the kind of old that is like jungle ruins kind of old <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Kind yeah. Of <laughs> Almost like the a, a 
exotic forgotten location kind of thing. Oh, that's lovely. Um, well, no, yeah, I mean, I think we feel so instantly at ease mm-hmm. and interested by each other, you know. Mm-hmm. In a way that is like familiar, but also not boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you ever feel bored in your previous marriage? Hmm. Well, I I was horribly bored, yeah. Yeah. I don't feel bored with you now. Um, since I did have some boredom in in my previous marriage. Look at that. When I say previous, it makes it sound like this is the marriage that we're in, kind of. You do that all the time. And your dad referred yes. to your your um, Only ex, w- you know, your ex-wife as your, your first, first wife. wife. <laughs> 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 yeah, your parents have already married us off. <laughs> Hi, Sally. Hi, Robert. <laughs> We want we want a pan we want a pancake grill because we need one really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't mind a waffle maker, frankly. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. All right, inside joke for those of you listeners who aren't my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're yeah, the fortunate thing is they're not going to listen to this. There's no yeah. way the kids tolerate it. Mm-hmm. Your mom doesn't know how podcasts work. She said that the other day. Oh. And I was like, well, yeah. probably for the best. Probably <laughs> for the best. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, we're still we're trying to dance around this this theme of the like the the deep future together, the the just deep enough into the future. Well, maybe it's more of a thing of like since the, we don't know what the future holds mm-hmm. from a practical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we? I don't know what. I don't know. I mean, but we do. But we could pr- still. We could make it. It's like that's the whole thing of like committing to a person, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we're gonna be together while we deal with whatever, mm-hmm. and that kind of rhymes. It does. Together, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, it totally rhymes. It completely, hundred mm-hmm. percent rhymes. It does. Yeah. Well, you know, when people talk about their their vows to be t- together they they think of hypothetical situations through which they will be together is often a way in which a a vow is given weight you know mm, could you like use regular words what do you mean um like what are the the stereotypical things that people promise like through through thick and thin we'll stick together or something like that or um i'm thinking of some cliches of how people are keep their their sense of connection and commitment to each other through adversity and also well like the classic vows in a wedding which uh-huh some of which are a little antiquated and one I don't know why we I mean I don't know it's like it's like we don't have to the whole thing of vows I don't know mm-hmm. 
Well, the, the good part about the, the vows, I think, is that they, they set an intention, that there's an intention set to maintain a relationship. This is the part that does resonate with me, that they serve as a way of cementing a joint intention, you know, mm-hmm. and that intention to have a a healthy, enjoyable, um, not always enjoyable, but at least sustainable and um, valuable and meaningful, like, I don't want to even use the word relationship, but just shared experience. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, to me, what what would be more meaningful in terms of vowing (laughs) is not about I will stay with you if such and such and such and such things happen. Mm -hmm. But more, I will agree to communicate with you about my feelings. I will agree, I vow, I agree, will agree to not let hard feelings stew. Mm -hmm. I agree to, you know, not give Mm -hmm. up on you when you're sad or. I agree to, um, to, you know, stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. I agree to, I mean, mm-hmm. I agree to, um, those kinds of mm-hmm. things. I mean, almost like, like how, like more of like the method by which mm-hmm. we would, we would, mm-hmm. we would uh, connect whether or not things go well or badly because, because I think it's it's almost like it's like it's like focusing on the external circumstances, conventional vows, you know, sickness, health, rich, poor. Mm-hmm. Those are while we can have an influence on those things, sometimes we can't. Like you and I have both had weird cancers that were unpredictable mm-hmm. and of no. Mm-hmm. no known origin like mm-hmm. nobody it's not like oh well you know how they got that cancer nope mm-hmm. don't know how right and you and I both you know had mm-hmm. surgeries and things that were very unpredictable um. so I mean there's like things that are unpredictable so it's not about like I will stay in the face of circumstances it's that mm-hmm. I will the circumstances will be less in, less of a con like will be manageable because mm-hmm. of something deeper mm-hmm Right, because mm-hmm. of a level of mm-hmm. trying to continue, you know, making yeah. a promise to try to cultivate mm-hmm. care. Yeah, yeah. One thing that that I have faith in, outside of the the realm of a um, a vow or a promise, is because like here, here's an example. I'll use an example that, um, like the. Um, stand up for oneself, you know, as as something. Um, so there's probably something like stand up for myself that will come up in the future, something that I need to do that I can't think of now. It's like basically like the kind of thing that people say to each other at the initiation of establishing vows, like a a ceremony where people come up with their own reasons for sticking together and making a promise. I kind of see, I have a a willingness to discover the necessary things 
to continue that process. It's like as mm. we go along, yeah, there yeah. will be things we need to do, not because of the circumstances, but because we have grown as individuals. You know, mm-hmm. I think one of the issues mm-hmm. I have with vows and ceremonies is that it can seem like because of what we said in the future, that promise is going to do the job for us because we said we would do this for each other. And it is, we said that, and it's like an assertion of our, our vision and values and can serve as guidelines for communication. As new things come up, though, there needs to be an adaptability and a willingness to like have a shared kind of interrelation to come up with a new thing that needs to happen for cohesiveness to be maintained. And I have a, a solid face that we have the ability to create that and discover those things as they come up, you know. And that's one of the reasons that an unfolding future is extremely viable in, in, in our situation, from my point of view. Um, it's just our, our creative capacity that we have together. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd say, um, um, like I'd say to, to have like, it's sort of like a, it's an establishment of a value, a shared value system, like to promise to be kind to the best of our abilities to each other and things like that which i mean a lot of the things that we're already just doing mm-hmm. right or you know a method by which if there are hurt feelings or missteps how to mm-hmm. what the what the agreed upon way to heal it is mm-hmm. you know um and it isn't like not like it's a method of well first you get out the chocolate and then mm-hmm. <laughs> then you eat all the chocolate yes. and then <laughs> you get then out you, the note cards and then you get out the note cards and first wash your hands you get chocolate all over you by now mm-hmm. gonna get chocolate all over those note cards no I mean it's like you know, it's not uh not like that like that kind of methods but more of like um I don't know just like an agreed upon principle that yes we'll we will agree on these premises like premises like the premise is neither of us want to hurt each other therefore if feelings get hurt we will operate from an assumption that no one was malicious mm-hmm. therefore there is a, me- a way for us to mm-hmm. like come to some accommodation to each other you know mm-hmm. or like you know I'd say so it's more of like it's like a pre- these are premises that we mm-hmm. would operate from like I based on what we know about each other rather than saying oh I don't think you're going to be nice to me so you better mm-hmm. say you will mm-hmm. right of course you're always very kind mm-hmm. you're deeply kind to in general as a as a characteristic and then also I get the benefit of that myself because you're kind to me. Mm-hmm. So there's the f- physical body. Each of us has a physical body, right? Mm-hmm. And 
And then we kind of have this like non-physical body. And by that I mean like like moving through space, you know, like the subtle body, like the energy that kind of emanates from us, right? Yeah. You know, you know about that stuff, right? I, no, don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So anyway, you got that physical body, and they're kind of the same thing, right? Do you think? Well, they're part of they're 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 a part of it. They are both part of a, uh-huh. a system. Uh-huh. I know they're not identically the same, but yeah. I mean, they any more. I mean, the hand and the foot are mm-hmm. not the same, but they're yeah. part of the same thing. The yeah. they the the uh-huh. energy and the body are yeah. part of the same thing, also. Yeah, agreed. So. Because of our proximity, the our energies and bodies create, like there's an interactive space for them, you know, where the energies interact and intertwine and change, right? Mm-hmm. Is this is this is my my rap that I like to do, is that there's that space that's our interactions are like a third body, you know. This is like what's what we're creating. It's like relationships. Every relationship creates a child. Um, some relationships create a physical child. Um, all relationships create um, a third energy body that is, I mean, sometimes multiple, multiple energy bodies, depending on how it works. But at least one always comes out of two people coming together. Because hmm. um, it's, it's the product of energetic interaction it's like the result of an overlapping nexus of consciousness yeah so okay what we're tending to throughout the course of our lives is the development of this energetic body that's like the we're trying to keep that alive and healthy and see it grow and it does mature you know our relationship has a lifespan you know, because what we're talking mm. about here is the lifespan of our relationship. Yeah. You know, um, and yeah, we had a a baby kind of later in life. <laughs> I, you know? Do we have a baby, or are we just <laughs> is one of us just pregnant? It's a good question. You know, uh, it's one of the places in life where labor is a, a truly a shared activity. Um, it's one of the few places where child rearing has become egalitarian is this energy body that people raise together hmm. you know even two babies can raise a baby <laughs> you ever seen two babies interact with each other mhm yeah yeah so well so okay so what's our baby it's a really good question it's cuz you've probably noticed that sometimes there's moments where um like a relationship can like feel vulnerable, right? Or a relationship can be a strong relationship, right? You ever heard these words used to describe relationships? <laughs> yes. Yeah, right? I think pretty standard usage. Yeah. yeah. I've yeah. heard that before. Yeah. So why would you know that's a physical characteristic being applied to an abstract concept and notice how hmm how easily strong relationship yeah of course how does that have strength because mm. it's got a body mm. i mean sure we use words is all this the time. an activist riff oh. why are you covering your mouth all like sneaky like that when i say that i 
I cover it sneaky because I just get so excited when when, when I, I say an activist. Yeah. Does it kind of turn you on when I say an activist? It doesn't turn me on, but it, it does intellectually. Ah. <laughs> Damn it. What was the other thing? Oh, yeah, when you saw my messed up foot yesterday after dance class, I was like pretty, pretty, pretty exciting seeing that gross foot. Did I really look excited? No, not at all. I was completely messing with you. You, I was kind of playing around because my foot was disgusting. Yeah, Yeah. because I didn't think it was disgusting, you know. And I thought maybe you were kidding around because I didn't share your disgust with your foot and that you were, you know, kidding around that my lack of disgust represented a certain fetishistic expression. It was. That was the joke. Yes, you you nailed the joke. Okay. But I didn't really think I know, that I know. you found my weird deformed foot to be a fetishistic thingy. Well, it was a takeoff of like when I was make. I have a gross bunion, and so I was making the joke uh-huh. about the day before or whatever about how some people are probably really into that, you uh-huh. know. And then, so then I just was riffing on that. It was just uh-huh. I was just improving. And I love but, it. When I was, because, you know, spoiler alert, why my foot was so gross, I was, I got some new salsa shoes that are deforming my foot, but they're mm-hmm. so cute, mm-hmm. and apparently deforming your feet for the sake of art is a highly, mm-hmm. a highly prized yeah. thing for women. Yeah. And you're only temporarily deforming them for the purpose of making the shoes comfortable. They they will not permanently deform your feet. That's not what they're... That's not what the teacher said. She said, every time your foot's going to be gross. Well, she didn't really say that, but I saw it in her eyes. Um, but I, I also felt kind of extra dancey because I was, like, putting all sorts of things. I was putting, like, wrapping my foot and putting Band-Aids on my feet and putting all sorts of things. And I kind of felt like, you know, this makes me a real dancer. And you have to like bind your foot and wrap your foot and put in a spacer and have a band aid and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. You are. These are all aspects of evolution and the the forces of gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, the seriousness that goes with dancing and the damage of feet has to do with being willing to participate in a. A long journey that's embraced with a spirit of joy, though. So, this... and how cute my feet look mm-hmm. in those shoes. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a celebration involved in this journey. You know, that's why dance shoes are frequently um, beautiful, even in the midst of the suffering that can take place while dancing in the beautiful shoes. Um, yeah, because my feet did hurt last night quite a bit, and I and I was just like thinking, I am. I am offering up this foot pain to my art. Mm. I'm making an offering. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This, this uh, conversation has gone an unexpected direction. I'm okay with that. So we. So, is it? Are you okay with it? Because it it distra- It was. It's so easy to distract me. I had this boss one time who, like, I was, like, as typical, because, as you say, a wholesome disruptor, Mm -hmm. I was, like, one of the main press people that would, like, always go to this boss and say, this is not working. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, even though everyone was complaining about it, I was the one that would go and come, like <laughs> I would be like, oh. <laughs> but it was so easy to distract me. He didn't want mm-hmm. to have to deal with any of it, so he could just say something random, and he mm-hmm. learned that he could distract me. Mm. Like he could just say something about. And he some would do shit. it on purpose. Yes. That's the dick move. That is full dick move. <laughs> and so once I realized what he was doing, I was like, no. You can't, no. Mm. Stick with the question. Mm-hmm. So I was able to, like, once I realized he was he mm-hmm. was doing that on purpose, I um, no longer allowed it to occur, which was very frustrating because, you know, he didn't want to have to deal with anything. And ultimately, he really didn't mm-hmm. deal with much. And um, all of my warnings of what was going to go full dumpster fire did, in fact, go full dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. <sighs> Say lobby. Mm-hmm. You're you're an individual who has premonitions. Yes, that is true. I mm-hmm. can see the road that a, a situation is on, and I can see that unless we change off mm-hmm. of this road, this is where we will go. That is not the same as fate, mm-hmm. of course. It is just seeing yeah. timelines and seeing which timeline we're on and where huh. this timeline ends. Have you had very many premonitions about you and me? I really haven't even looked for them. I haven't observed that that too much. Um, I think with you currently, both lovely and perhaps concerning, I feel like I enter enter a little bit into a kind of the fairyland of like, like Rip Van Winkle, you know, Rip Van Winkle goes mm-hmm. gets you know, gets mm-hmm. uh, involved accidentally with some nature spirits and most likely and falls into a slumber that lasts, you know, a hundred years or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that whole archetype of like losing time because you, um, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel so lovely when I'm with you that sometimes mm-hmm. I don't. I have to like shake myself later and think, oh yeah, yeah, I need to worry about mm-hmm. nuts and bolts reality a little bit or something. Mm-hmm. So, but so there's that. But in terms of, um, I, I mean, I do feel like you and I. I mean, I, I don't know what timeline we're on. I guess it is like I can't mm-hmm. quite see what timeline we're on. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it may be that we haven't stepped onto a, an exact timeline yet. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, we're in the kind of in the fairy, as it as it were, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, but but it but I don't feel like we are so adrift by any stretch, you know. I don't, like you mm-hmm. and I haven't ever had any issues of like that sort of goo goo gaga love where neither of us want to go to work or mm-hmm. we become like. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that whole kind of immature kind of love. I mean, I do. It, we both kind of went, we still are kind of like taken care of. TCB. Taking care of business. Right? So, mm-hmm. um, so that's good. And, and, and I, I don't, when I'm with you, I love being with you. But then when we're not together, I'm not mooning over anything. Mm-hmm. And I know, you mm-hmm. know, so I think that just might just be a matter of maturity. But I also mm-hmm. think it's like a, a sense of security. Mm-hmm. Maturity and security also rhyme. They do. Uh, so it's, yeah. So I think uh, 
Yes, I don't know that you and I have chosen a timeline to step onto yet. And what if we do, then I very likely will see a mm-hmm. pattern. Isn't that a fascinating concept? Like the decision to step on a timeline. I I almost want to like have our, our next discussion or podcast be about timelines in general. Okay. About timelines, you know? Because we, we are on one, we might be on multiple ones. I'm talking to you and me now. I'm also curious about timelines in general. But our, our shared experience of the timeline, choosing one, sharing one, sensing it. I don't know. I'm really fascinated by this idea about choosing a timeline. Or even being aware of a timeline. Shifts in timelines. I like being... Spending time with you. Mm-hmm. I can say that. Mm-hmm. I like spending time with you too. I think this podcast is coming to an end. I think so too. Did we get anything solved? We solved all of it. Mm, did we though? We shall see. There more shall be revealed, right? <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye-bye.